Hey everyone, this is Adam Ellenboss from Nightlight Astrology, and today we are going to take a look at uh, the last four sets of Libran eclipses that we've had, the last four periods, time periods, in which we've had Libran eclipses. That's going to take us back, you know, about 36 years, um, and we're going to look at four periods, the most recent four periods in which we've had Libran eclipses. I'm not going to go through each and every eclipse or anything like that. I'm going to give you these periods, and then I'm going to help you look at the whole sign house in your birth chart that the Libran eclipses have taken place in, both historically and in terms of the eclipse that is approaching this weekend. We have a solar eclipse in Libra coming up on the 14th of October. That's the Saturday. So today what we're going to do is look back at the previous periods in which we've had Libran eclipses. For some of you, it may be only important to look at the most recent period or two, you know, nine and 18 years back, but we will go back sort of 27, 36. They happen around nine year intervals. So we're going to go back all the way into the 80s and work our way forward to the present time. And then we're going to remind ourselves of what topics uh, are most likely getting activated as these eclipses come up, both historically and again now. And the reason for doing that is because um, we want to try to make some connections between what these eclipses have activated historically uh, and what they're doing now. Because eclipses are the stories that are told throughout moon cycles that are connected over very long periods of time, as opposed to, say, an average moon cycle that maybe doesn't have uh, as profound significance because it's not tethered to the nodes of the moon and it doesn't have these much longer cycles of history behind them. So it's a good opportunity to, to do this kind of work today. And hopefully this will also just prepare us to see and receive and work with uh, the symbolism of the upcoming eclipse. So that is our goal for today. Before we get into it, don't forget to like and subscribe and uh, share your comments and reflections. As you guys know, that all really helps the channel to grow. So I really do appreciate it when you guys take a moment to click the like button, subscribe if you're new, uh, share your thoughts and reflections on the transit. You can find a transcript of any of my daily talks, including today's, on the website, which is nightlightastrology.com. Right now, you guys know that we are just a little... Um, over a month out from the start of my next first year program called Ancient Astrology for the Modern Mystic. If you go to the courses ta uh, tab on the website, click on the first year course, you can learn all about the program, what's included, what kinds of topics we cover. Um, the next cohort starts on November 18th. All of the classes are held via live webinars, but for people who can't make it because of time zones or other commitments, everything is kept on a class website so that you can download, watch, follow along at your own pace if you can't make the live webinars. And I'd say really maybe about a third of our students end up in the live webinar. So a lot of people actually follow along remotely. Um, you can hear what some alumni have had to say about the program. The class is a um, immersion into ancient Greek Hellenistic astrology. Uh, which is very similar in its roots to Indian astrology and uh, is really kind of like, I like to say that it's like the, um, it gives you all of the skills that you need to understand where everything in astrology actually comes from. What is a house and where does it come from originally and philosophically? What's the difference between a house and sign? Why do the two things exist? How are they similar? How are they different? Why are the planets ruling the signs that they rule? Um, when we get into astrology at that level, 
most people experience a tremendous amount of intuitive and artistic freedom because you have the insight available uh, within you that you and you can use it to move around more freely and um, intuitively when you're looking at charts. So this class is meant to prepare people for professional practice, but some people are going to take it just because it's your hobby in the same way that I, I am now totally loving being back into guitar lessons, but it's just for my own personal enrichment. So we kind of the course is really designed to meet people where they're at. A lot of people take the course because they're going to practice for others. A lot of people take it because this is just something you love. Anyway, there's 30 classes on the year that I lead. In between major units of study, we have breakout study sessions led by our tutors. There's an interactive group forum discussion where you can ask questions year round. There's a ton of bonus material and reading and quizzes, things that are there to help you go uh, as deeply as you want to with the program. We also have 12 guest speakers on the year that come out as part of our speaker series. You get free access to those and the replays. At the bottom, you'll find the enrollment options. Early Bird saves you $500 off. Payment plan, you can spread out your tuition over 12 monthly payments. And we ask that people who can afford those options, please choose those. But if you are someone who needs a little help, we ask that you use the tuition assistance application. Uh, we have plenty of spots still available for people who want to take the course, but you're working within a fixed or tight budget or you're low income or you are in between jobs or you're a single parent or you're on retirement fixed income or you're just, the price point is beyond what you can do without um, you know, putting yourself in harm's way financially. We don't think that people should live outside of their means. And so uh, we want to make sure that this class is accessible for people of all different financial um, backgrounds and, and uh, you know, income situations. So at any rate, on that note, I hope that you'll take advantage of that. If you have any questions about that or anything regarding our program, email us info at nightlightastrology.com. Also, when you're there, be sure to check out some of the programs that we have starting in the new year. Uh, we have a year two program, a year three program, a horary program. Um, we have lots of uh, education available for people who want to go really deeply into their study of astrology. So at any rate, uh, thank you for listening. And now what we'll do is we will turn our attention to these eclipses. Uh, first thing that we're going to do is we're going to go back in time. Uh, here you can see that I am in uh, 1987. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to scroll down here on my page. We're going to look at the previous Libran eclipses, the periods in which those eclipses landed from the 80s up to the present day. And then we're going to talk about the specific topics that you are likely to see activated within a not just the present moment, but with some connection to these other historical periods or cycles that have been uh, dating back to some of these previous periods. Eclipses are like waves that uh, come in big sets and they're bigger than normal wave sets of the new and full moons, right? So we're thinking about, and the, these waves have a history. They've been here before. We've navigated some of these waves before, but now we're in a new place with a new consciousness. And so we get to navigate them with a new set of eyes, a new set, a new heart, um, a new way of looking at things. And so eclipses can kind of test us. They grow us. They, they bring transformation, um, but they also help us to work on uh, patterns that have soul history. So today we could think of this as tracking something of the soul's history by looking at these previous periods and reminding ourselves of what topics are likely to be activated in the Libran house in our chart. Now that's of course considering whole sign. So we're looking at the chart through the lens of whole sign houses, which is um, a predominant house system in ancient astrology in both the East and the West. <clears throat> so 
At any rate, let's look at the previous Libra eclipses starting April 1986 to November of 1987. The South Node was in Libra during that period. Now, for some of us, like myself, you know, I was five to six years old. And I was born in 81, so 86 to 87 was an interesting period of time, uh, but not one that I really remember very well. Uh, one of the things that did happen during that period that I thought was interesting was that it was uh, falling in my 6th and 12th houses. Um, those eclipses were a little difficult in my own memory because um, my father was placed in his first parish as a minister. And so, uh, you know, that was a move that uh, took us across the country and uh, into my first like church community. And so the, that was a transitional space, pretty typical for eclipses happening in those cadent houses to bring up almost like transitional or liminal spaces. At any rate, uh, that's my memory of that period. Um, but it, it, but the point would be to look at that period of time. And I'm going to remind you of which house topics are likely active in the whole sign house of Libra after we get through these periods. So the first one is April 86th to November 87th. South node was in Libra during that time, creating eclipses in Libra. And then you get, and you might have some out of sign eclipses happening around these periods. I just tracked the periods during which the node is actually in the sign of Libra by the mean node measurement. So um, you go forward and the next period is going to be uh, from 1995, uh, August of 1995. Let's go forward here. I'm just gonna bring it back to August. Uh, you can see here in August of 1995 that the nodes of the moon changed signs into Libra and Aries. Now, the north node was in Libra during this period of time, lasting between August of 1995 and February of 1997. What's interesting about this period is that my father was once again moved. Um, he was reassigned to a new congregation, a new parish, and we once again moved. Isn't that interesting? I thought that was just a fascinating connection. Uh, so um, that connection seems to be a recurring one in my chart. Not that I completely understand it, but I thought it was interesting because it represented a social transition for me going to a new school, new church, etc. That was once again challenging. You're the new kid and stuff like that. Earlier in my life, this seems to have been part of the pattern. It changes a little bit as I get older, but um, so. Uh, the August 1995 to February 1997 was also a period in which we had Libran eclipses. Now, of course, they're always paired with Aries eclipses. So you could think about it that way too. But right now, since the solar eclipse coming up is in Libra, I'm just focusing on Libra. <clears throat> All right, let's go forward to the next period in time, which is December of 2004 through June of 2006. Uh, here we go. Whoops, that's going by months. Let's go to December 2004. Uh, da -da, here we go. So here you'll see in December of 2004 that the nodes of the moon once again move into Libra and Aries. Again, if you're wondering, I'm using the mean node as the, there's mean or true measurements. I use the mean in my practice. I'm not going to spend time talking about the differences in this video, but between December of 2004 and June of 2006, we had South Node Libran eclipses. 
What was interesting for me was that during this time, once again, I moved. This time I moved for the sake of going to graduate school for creative writing. Um, but I moved uh, to a little retirement kind of cabin cottage that my parents had built but were not yet living in on my grandfather's land uh, in Michigan, rural Michigan. And so once again, there was a move. Um, I had to, I was making new friends socially. So it was a little bit of a challenging period in terms of integrating or finding my way socially. I think that's fascinating that that theme of moving and socializing and finding new social situation was there. It's also interesting to me that the Libran uh, period, this Libran period coincided with starting to study art in graduate school. Oh, that was fascinating. Anyway, there's more that I mind from these periods. I don't want to talk so much about my own story today, just to give you the inspiration to look back at these periods and see what was happening. So that was 2004 through 2006, South Node Libra. Now, during that time, it's not as though eclipses are happening the whole time, but the repeating or the recurrence of eclipses should be activating a series of events, experiences, and themes in the whole sign house of Libra in your chart that have some soul history to them. So they should feel like deeper stuff is coming up around those spaces for most people. Now, there's always exceptions. In your birth chart, there might have been a major transit happening somewhere else that really stole the show, and the eclipses were a little muted by the fact that, you know, something else was activated. But um, nonetheless, 2004 through 2006, South Node Libra. Now let's bring it up to the most recent period. We're going to go to 2014 to 2015. So March of 2000 and oh, let's see, I'm going to go backward here. So here we are in March of 2014. And the North Node is now in Libra all the way until October of 2015. <laughs> so, um, during this period of time, this is the most recent, this, this is actually the most recent period uh, in which we had the same eclipse patterns in, <clears throat> in Libra and Aries. However, this one was with the North Node in Libra. We're coming around to the South Node. Um, that's fascinating as well. Um, so one of the things that I find remarkable about this when I was tracking it again was during this period, surprise, surprise, um, my wife and I bought our first home and moved into it. Um, I thought that was really interesting that there was another significant move. However, during this period of time, um, we were married and then we, we had just been married previous to this period starting. And then um, Ashley got pregnant with our oldest daughter and we bought our first home uh, and moved. And so this was a period for me, interesting, was all about acclimating to becoming a father, moving into a new house, you know, my wife being pregnant, um, but it, it constituted the first move of, and having my own family and, and really my own first home, you could call it that way. Up until then we were, you know, renters. And so, uh, which is fine, I'm not trying to say that in a snobby way, just it was the first time owning a home and um, transitioning into being like having my own family and becoming a father. It was a really tough period of time uh, with a lot of work and a big adjustment socially again. Isn't that fascinating? These liminal spaces with social adjustments and moves, 
that was they all land in my sixth house uh and so the the theme of like work or study and moves that force me to change or adapt socially in some way really seems to be the pattern really really interesting so um <laughs> yeah um so this is i'm, I'm laughing because i'm like what will this one bring <laughs> i hope no more moves we've uh, we're settled in now pretty well so we'll but we'll see um <clears throat> anyway um i i think that you can look anyway at march 2014 through october 2015 as the most recent period to draw upon when it comes to the ongoing um eclipses coming in libra and you know and aries but this is, you know, these periods I'm having you look at for the whole sign house of Libra because we have this uh, solar eclipse on the 14th in Libra. So those are our most recent periods. Now, if we bring it up to the current moment, let's take a look, broadly speaking, at how long we have with the north node of the moon, um, or excuse me, the south node of the moon in Libra. So uh, if we track this, we're going to see that the south node of the moon changes into Libra in mid-July of this summer, 2023. And now let's watch it. I'm just going to go month by month. Uh, I guess I'm going week by week. Let's go month by month. And we're going to see that the south node of the moon gets down to the very end of Libra by December of 2024. But it doesn't fully change signs into Virgo until late January 2025. So the, these eclipses and the work in the whole sign house of Libra that this eclipse season is kicking off really last all the way until the beginning of 2025. So like a, a year and a half or so, which is pretty, that's pretty much the the span of the eclipses, you know, about a year and a half for the eclipses moving through the same sign. Well, um, what I'd like to do now is I'm going to just remove everything but the uh, south node of the, or the, uh, yeah, the south node of the moon. <clears throat> and um, there we go. And what I want to do is take this just and give you just like a few little hits of what you can expect for each rising sign. Now, this is not like a full treatment horoscope. It's just to sort of remind you of the topical domains of life by whole sign house, according to your whole sign, uh, whole sign ascendant or rising sign. Uh, so you should listen to this, in other words, for your rising sign and consider this is a whole sign house configuration. So if you're in Aries rising, we're just going to remind you that this is taking place in the seventh house. Broadly speaking, that house has to do with pleasure, ecstasy, bliss, communion with others. Uh, it's a social house that is about happiness with other people. But oftentimes it's spoken about in terms of relationships and sexuality and marriage and things like that. But that's the area of life that's being activated with some soul history during this upcoming period of time, especially the duration of 2024, but also starting with this next eclipse. If we are looking at Taurus, then we're in the sixth house. Now I told you I'm a Taurus rising, so I just kind of told you guys some stories. But generally speaking, the sixth is about work, sacrifice, things that we are in the process of building or developing. All the cadent houses can point to liminal or transitional spaces, ones that require a lot of work, effort, sacrifice, service, endurance, perseverance. That's pretty common for the sixth house. Um, and also the kinds of conflicts that are coming up and 
the kinds of um, uh, crosses that were asked to carry the sixth house was called the joy of Mars and is often a place that pays off, but only with the hard work, sacrifice, and service we put in. All right, let's keep going. For Geminis, the south node eclipses in Libra land in your fifth house, which is a place that broadly speaking refers to pleasure, just like the seventh. But in this sense, it's not as much about interpersonal pleasure. It could be like romantic or sexual, but it's about creative um, satisfaction, creative fulfillment, which is why it's associated with things like uh, child, uh, children and pregnancy, uh, sex and romance, but also anything that's pleasurable or creatively fulfilling. So you look at this house and you wonder about creative fulfillment if you're a Gemini and what creative development, what your creative process, what, what is bringing happiness and what isn't, uh, that's the, the process being activated there for Geminis. Now, if you're a Cancer, it's all about family. It's all about home and living environment. It's about the history of family and marriage and uh, living environment or property or land. Uh, it's about things that are deep in the ancestral well. And that's the Cancers with the South Node eclipses taking place in the fourth house. If you are a Libra, excuse me, a Leo, this takes place in the third house. Now, a lot of that is going to have to do with mind, mood, and environment, but also things like siblings and uh, neighbors and neighborhood and sort of your local scene generally and how it's changing. But I would say, broadly speaking, this place is about learning. It's about adaptation. It's about changing the way you communicate or think or perceive. Uh, it's about changing mood and mind. Uh, so a, a change of mood, a change of mind. You know, one of the things that happens for me during third house eclipses, I've noticed, I do have my sun and Mercury there, but I always like to, I like to write a lot or I find myself needing to communicate or translate what I'm thinking and feeling in terms of different creative mediums. So that can also happen, especially with Venus ruled eclipses in the third house. That's Leo's. For Virgos, this is taking place in the house of resources. Uh, that could be money, time, energy, people, things that help you somehow, or things that you're trying to cultivate or develop. Uh, so it's not just money. It's this broader uh, area of resources and things that we have or things that um, we're developing or cultivating. And that could be people or uh, education, anything that really is helping us cultivate our resources, broadly speaking. So the emphasis is on that uh, area for Virgos. Now, um, we are moving into the first house. Uh, Librans have the eclipse taking place in their first house. And that means identity, body, health, psychology. There's a pretty existential feeling for Librans right now with the eclipses in the first house. Now that could be about body and health. Um, and patterns of health and disease that you're looking at more deeply. But it also has to do with um, self, the, the sort of self-concept and the need to individuate. Sometimes we have to go back to go forward. We have to look at old things in order to let go of them and evolve. So personal, psychological development, individuation, health, um, vitality, these are the issues coming up for Librans with these eclipses over the next year plus. For Scorpios, it's 12th house material, which might take you into the domain of the unconscious and especially relationships, right? Libra is a Venus ruled sign in the 12th house. So looking at unconscious patterns in relationships, looking at the potential for regression or regressive tendencies in yourself or those that you are close with, looking at secrets or stuff that you're not as aware of that evades your 
conscious understanding somehow, uh, undermining like things that undermine you either from within or without, uh, and the need to get into contact with those things so that you can be um, healthier, wiser, especially healthier and happier relationships. So that's the Scorpios of the 12th house eclipses, transitional spaces for Scorpios too in relationships. Um, Sagittarians, we're looking at 11th house eclipses, which means that we're talking about cycles, social cycles, networks of friend, people that you uh, share affinities with uh, socially, religiously, professionally, or academically, um, people that you learn with, people that you share community with, and, and similar ambitions, goals, dreams, or aspirations with. It's about patterns that are uh, coming up for review around who you consider your allies to be or friends or people that have a similar life um, vision or purpose. And it's time to refine or adapt or change socially for Sagittarians. So for Capricorns, we place this into the 10th house, a place that has us facing the world and uh, the, social, um, the social reality that we live in. Uh, usually that translates into professional change, but it could be more broadly speaking, what ties us to the, the social world, what brings us, what gives, you know, where do we find some kind of social participation? Uh, that could be through a career, but it also might be just that the way that we're known or how we show up in the world, playing some kind of social, um, having a social identity. But then again, I'd say most commonly you're going to see people dealing with things around profession, career, professional direction, uh, changes in the workplace, and things like that. For Aquarians, this is these are ninth house eclipses, which brings up questions of belief, faith, paradigm, uh, philosophical uh, outlook on life. This is uh, really about looking at the changing landscape of your um, your beliefs, ethics, morals political or religious convictions. It could bring up the need to learn or study or find sages, mentors, gurus, the need to travel abroad, to expand one's horizons, to seek truth, uh, whether that's through science or metaphysics. Um, the quest for knowledge and the uh, desire to almost like, it's almost like a metaphorical pilgrimage, maybe even literal. But that's where the energy is for Aquarians. Finally, Pisces places the eclipses into the eighth house, a place where you will be examining social contracts, soul contracts, the give and take of relationships, what other people provide, what other people expect, the way that relationships entangle us in uh, situations where we are obligated to other people in complicated and sometimes even terrible ways that we have to, you know, get extricate ourselves from. But on the other hand, it's about the give and take of relationships and the way that we have to behave according to various social contracts that are a part of our lives that we need without which we can't make it. It's also about death and fear and facing uh, fears, especially in relationships with the uh, Libra emphasis on Venus. So uh, what do we fear socially or what kinds of fears or inhibitions or anxieties do we have in relationships? What kind of unhealthy attachments or codependent tendencies do we have? Those are those will be up for review as well. And it's also about what people grant us or give us as a matter of really liking us. Or you know, the, the eighth house is called the esteem of other people, which can mean that other people look at us favorably and say, you know, I want to help you in some way. I want to, you know, a lot of the best things in our lives 
come from within. A lot of the best things come from without. They come from what other people grant us or bless us with, either in their presence or their friendship or literal assets that they have. So we're looking at some of those connections with other people, the resources of others, and what is shared for Pisces rising. So anyway, those are just reminders of the topics of the 12 whole sign houses that the Libra and Eclipses will be activating. I just wanted to, you know, give you those reminders of the whole sign houses. Some people don't need that reminder. Some of you, it's nice to brush up on it. Uh, if you know your rising sign, then that should be, you should be able to track really easily with the topics I just mentioned. And remember the previous Libra and Eclipses that you want to now study with respect to the activation of those topics took place between April of 86 and November of 87, if you want to go back that far, August 95 to February 97, it's a little bit more recent. And then these are probably the ones that most people will find that their memory serves them and you can, you can recall what was happening. That's December 2004 through June of 2006. And then most recently, March 2014 to October 2015. I hope that your eclipse season is going to be fantastic and that the activation of these topics with the sign of Libra brings uh, new peace, uh, you know, kind of the, the ability to harmonize or synchronize different parts of your life that may not be, it may not be clear how they fit together, but one promise of Libra and eclipses is that we often find ourselves learning how to harmonize things that at first feel sort of disjointed or out of place or maybe even incongruent in some way. For example, when I was looking back at the eclipses in my own life, what I noticed was that every single period, there was a social adaptation taking place that was challenging for me. Uh, moving when I was younger, graduate school in a totally new community of people when I was older, becoming a dad when I was a little bit older again, uh, be, be, you know, being married and becoming a dad and getting our own home. So I, I think that one of the things I realized is that Libra, generally the eclipses in Libra will ask us to find some newer, healthier level of social harmonization. Now that could be in marriage, but it could be, you know, at work or in school or in some other sphere of our lives. So that's one thing that I look forward to with these eclipses is just the, the knowledge that Libra has this noble, beautiful ability to take difficult situations and find the ideal balance or the way to harmony over time. So we might have to work with that a little bit. And there's also Aries eclipses, which we're going to talk about. And I think those are a little bit more about being going off bravely in a direction that is entirely our own. Uh, so that's a counterpoint along with other counterpoints that we can visit when we get to Aries season uh, in the spring and the eclipses come through Aries because uh, they're a pair. They work together. That's it for today. I hope that this has been useful for you. As always, I would love to hear your stories. If you have a grab story to share, use the hashtag grabbed or email us your story, grabbed at nightlightastrology.com. We will see you again tomorrow. Bye, everyone.